Hi everyone, welcome to episode 35 of an Inside View podcast with On The Ball Team Building. If this is your first time listening to the Inside View podcast, we really appreciate it if you go back to episode 1 and have a listen. Please do rate, review, tell your friends, family, whoever may know about the podcast. It means a huge amount to us. Any interaction that you may have about the podcast on social media, please do tag On The Ball Team Building and also tag the guest. Big shout out to our sponsors, GRG Sports, who we actually ran a competition with there last week. Um very happy with it very happy how it was uh taken up and everyone got on board and everyone uh, supported us big shout out to everyone who shared it as your story or you know into the competition um I mean huge amount to us and we would be forever grateful for that uh, i know it might be just a small thing but look it, it does mean a huge amount and again look we really do appreciate it uh big shout out again look thanks guys thanks jersey sports um for for giving us that voucher um 100 euro worth of sports gear to a lucky winner and the winner is actually alan devan um so the the guys should have contacted you by now so if not do get in contact with us um jersey sports are a sports teamer supplier to j club soccer clubs and all team sports in ireland so if you're wondering how to talk out your local club or even if it's a local business be sure to get onto the guys above there in mayo uh they'd be more than happy to, to sort you out and also a big shout out to vintry harper asset management an asset management company based in connecticut the usa uh thanks very much again for coming on board there a couple weeks ago really do appreciate it um so if you're looking about you know do something with some you know investing some money you have um be sure to get in contact with andrew o'shea of entry harbor asset management just you can just drop me drop us a message here and we'll be able to send on his contact details um he'll be more than happy to to push in the right direction and potentially get a good return for your money much more than you know you might be getting at the moment is now time to bring on this week's guest and i'm delighted to be joined by professional irish boxer lee reeves the Corporate Christie graduate is due to make a return to the ring this February. The Limerick welterweight spent time in the Ingle Gym in Sheffield during the first part of 2020 but had since then moved to the senior climate in Lanzarote to the Champions Gym where he's been trained under the watchful eye of former Irish middleweight champion Jonathan O'Brien. As an amateur, Lee won eight Limerick championships, eight Munster championships and is two-time Irish underage champion. The Lee Baxter promotion fighter possesses all the ingredients to become a serious title contender in the future. Reeves even fought in the Conlon undercard on St. Patrick's Day in the iconic Madison Square Garden. We have a huge amount to cover and I'm delighted to bring him on. Hi Lee, welcome to the Inside View podcast. How are you keeping? Not too bad, my pleasure to have me on. Thank you very much. Um, you're out in Lanzarote at the moment. Uh, do you want to give us an insight? exactly what you're doing out there and and um what are, you know what's the future looking like for you yeah i'm in lanzarote in the moment and uh the inside is i get punched in the face twice a day six days a week at the moment you know but uh the weather's okay here thank god uh i'm in a great environment i'm in a great gym over here i'm around a lot of positive people hard workers that are pushing me to be the best that i can be so i'm here at the moment training hard waiting for confirmation on a fight that I'm hoping is going to be in maybe North America or Mexico come before the end of February. So I'm just waiting for that confirmation now and I'm just staying ready and staying fit, waiting for the card. And um, would, would that fight, if it does go ahead, all, all going well, it will go ahead. Um, would it be 
in a venue with crowd or will there be no no fans there? Uh, if it's in Mexico, uh, there will be a crowd my promoter said because Mexicans don't give a shit, you know, and I appreciate that about him, you know. But uh, I think if it's in, I think he was talking about Quebec, Canada, that is, it could be in as well. So uh, with, with the restrictions there, it's very doubtful, you know, but I don't know, I don't know what way it's working on because I know Canada had a like a big lockdown and I know in Texas they're having like 6,000 in stadiums. So it all depends on the jurisdiction and stuff at the time, you know. Do you think it'd be uh, an issue for you, crowd or no crowd? No, not at all, you know. Like there's no, there's, there's no crowd. There's a couple of people every uh, every Friday and Saturday when I get into the ring and do six rounds with these beasts who I'm, I'll be sparring and stuff. And we have to get put into the trenches. We have to go to the deep end. We get punched. We give punches. We hope we have a scrap. And it's and it's six to eight rounds. So doing it uh, in front of people or in front of nobody, I don't I don't really give a care. It's like it's not my like my job is to impress the fans, but it's what I do in the ring that matters. So. What happens outside the ring doesn't matter, you know. Um, perfect. Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. And over the just, I suppose, back to the lockdown over the last couple of months. Um, how has the first and first lockdown been for you compared to this lockdown? Um, the first lockdown was it was tough at the start because my boxing club closed. That I was training in Limerick in Corpus Christi, and then for like for first couple of weeks I could get in there like maybe one day a week and then after that then like they kind of it got a heavier lockdown so it got shut completely so then me and my mate Andrew who I trained with a Polish animal of a man uh me and him just said we won't let it stop us so we started like doing mountain runs we started walking around and like putting ladders on the wall and doing pull-ups off the ladder but like we were making it work like we, we were trained for like two months and uh, we were probably fitter and stronger than what we were before the lockdown, you know, so we made, we made the most of it and uh, it was uh, like we were able to train and stay so positive like a lot of people, the first lockdown is because we seen the end, we, we could all see the end, like oh, it's going to be finished and blow over and then the second lockdown came, which was difficult for even people like me, like what are classed as elite athletes that can go places and train because you're like yeah, look, I'm able to train and I'm able to get out of the house for an hour or two, but when is this going to get back to normal? Like, when is normality going to be in our lives? When are we going to be able to fight and impress the fans in front of thousands of people? When is are we going to be able to sit down and have a coffee in town and have a chat with our mates? Like, you not have to worry about people coughing or masks on, you know? So the second one was definitely more difficult than the first one. But I think that's, even though it's out of our control, it's your mind frame that makes it tough, you know? So it, it was tough, but... It was it definitely wouldn't stop me and stop my training and stop my physical attributes going to work because at the end of the day you sit around and you feel sorry for yourself and you don't do much you're going to make yourself worse than what you begin you know. And and this lockdown then um you're you're obviously over in Lanzarote which we just um spoke about there but I suppose with this lockdown you're probably finding it a bit better because you have a goal aside from COVID you have a goal with the possibility of fighting. Um, at the end of February, one million percent. I I actually I know like my promoter told me that I'm gonna be fighting. Yeah, he, he texted me I think two days before Christmas, and I was like, uh, "Hey, I'm just confirming uh, how long before you can get ready and stuff like that." But I've been training all the time. Like, thank God, like I'm, I'm like I'm a very 
a very disciplined mind frame, like, and I know what I want in life, and I know that it's not going to come from slacking off on the weekends and going partying and this and that. So I'm staying on it. So I text them back and I said, I said, listen, I said, the end of February, I said, that, sorry, I said, the end of January, I said, I'll be ready. I said, so give me four weeks. I said, I'll be ready. And he was like, how's your wear? I said, where it's good. I said, you just let me know. So I, I already had Lanzarote booked before the lockdown even came about. So I'm very blessed in that way. And uh, so just wait now for confirmation. And as you said, it's good that I have the goal because if I, even even when you're in Lanzarote, the training that we're doing, man, honestly, like you, you, you we train for two hours in the morning. You, don't, you, you eat food and you go and lie down because like you can't do nothing else and then you train again in the evening and then you lie down and get ready for tomorrow so it's not glamorous it's hard work like it's very hard work but listen the pressure makes diamonds you know definitely definitely. and it, it, every day is so it's like literally train in the morning lie down train in the evening is that seven days a week to get any day off six days a week that would be so so with with the what we're having over here is we train Monday to Thursday, very hard, intense boxing sessions. Uh, two very intense running, running slash track sessions. We call them dead runs with the one on the treadmill, one on the track. The other sessions will be kind of long, steady, five, six Ks, like up and around mountains, like so, like so. Difficult, but like at your own pace, so you can recover at the same time. And then Friday and Saturday, spawn, spawn. So like in, in this, in Friday and Saturday, we, I, me anyway, I do like 12 to 14 rounds, like of, of like fighting, like, you know, so it's, it's difficult. And then Saturday evening and all day Sunday, rest and recover and just kind of, hopefully the massage, the masseuse, he's, he'll be around sometimes. So we pay him and, and get a, get him done in. He's a, like when you get in with this guy, you feel like you came out of Mike Tyson. Like honest to God, he just grabs you and he just puts your butt pretzel. Like he just uh, makes you, it's horrible, but it's exactly what you need to recover and get ready for the week ahead. You know. How do you? How do you um recover? So like I know you recover, you know, through through that masseuse um at times if he's around. But apart from that, would you go into the water? Or what? What? Yeah, yeah. So like uh. Uh, the last couple of nights here in, in Lanzarote, it's, it's been cold. So the the swimming pool outside is freezing. So they're all like, like all the Spanish and the, even the Irish who are living here, they're like, no, nah, no, nah, don't go into the pool. It's too cold. And I'm like, are you mad? This is exactly what I need. Like, so I'll be in there, like just sitting neck up, like just sitting there for four minutes, get out for two minutes, back in for four minutes, feeling like Wim Hof, you know, but, uh, but it's exactly what we need. And, uh, Besides for the, like the kind of call therapy, uh, lots of fluids, ver- like diet would be on point, like getting the right carbs, right proteins in, uh, lots of uh, supplements with like, just like the usual multivitamins, cod liver oils, uh, a bit of creatine, bit of glutamine, uh, protein powder, and, and lots of fluids, just making sure like that we're, we're stocked up and we're not, we're not lacking on any of them, like so, like we're not... Uh, we'd say lacking in that department, you know. So it's it's everything from, but main main part of all recovery is rest, rest. And do you find it's it everything. hard um getting sleep some nights after a tough tough session? Definitely, man, definitely. And and a big thing as well for me that most most boxers can do is like and most like professional athletes who after after your first session, like it's priority that you take a nap like that you switch off like because lying around your phone like for four hours that's not resting like you know like your, your mind's still gone so like to get asleep so i find it tough to get asleep in uh in uh 
most days, but I, I make sure my phone's down for at least an hour. And I'm, even if I have to look at the ceiling, I'm not actually like, I'm not interacting with anything, you know, I'm just resting. And in the evenings, yeah, sometimes I'd have a, I'd have trouble getting to sleep, but thank, thankfully I have a sponsor from Global Green CBD and I take the CBD drops. Shout out Global Green CBD, John. Uh, I take the drops and uh, not that it, not that they'll help me get to sleep, but when I do get to sleep, I'll have a full solid night's sleep. Like, and I wake up and you know, you had a, a deep sleep after it. So that's all like, that all goes hand in hand with the recovery. Yeah, that, that that CBD probably gets you into the the proper REM sleep. So yeah, exactly. Deep sleep. Um, do you um do you practice visualization or or um or would you be interested in the um the law of attraction and things like that? The law of attraction, I I one million percent believe in big big time. I, like because I'm I'm very maybe I wasn't always this way, but I don't know when it changed. But I know like that. In like that, what I say on social media about being positive and about about uh like attracting good to you and just about like just keeping a happy face on. I don't come off social media and be like a cunt to people. Like this is who I am. Like I'm about positivity. My sisters, like my sister, I have three younger sisters, and I'd be explaining to them like stop hanging around the house, stop staying awake so late. Just be positive and do it. And they'd be like, "Where are you a hippie?" Like they be calling me a hippie because I'm trying to say like because like. In this world, like we, we do have vibrations and we're all on wavelengths and you can ch- channel your energy to good stuff. And if you do it in a positive manner, it comes back to you in a positive manner. And about visual- visualization, uh, like I never thought about it. I don't actually practice it, but I probably would see myself where I want to be. And I probably would see myself winning stuff and, and like... like I know how I want to feel coming into that gym. I know what way I want to feel. I don't always feel that way, but I know how I want to feel. So I would visualize in, visualize in a sense, but I'd love to know the app behind it so I can actually channel it rather than just wing it, you know? Yeah, no, that's that's definitely interesting. I think probably um, visualization and the law of attraction probably comes toe on toe as well. Like, you know, and you kind of alluded to there consciously and probably subconsciously as well. You do probably, you know, use visualization because... You, you visualize you want to feel a certain way when you're going to the gym yeah. or walking into a fight. Um, I suppose, look, we'll, we'll bring it back to the early days um, for people that, you know, that wouldn't be, wouldn't be aware of you. Um, when did boxing start for you? Uh, boxing started for me when I was 11 years old. Uh, just like, just a regular young flat, a bit chubby. Uh, bit of getting bullied. My father was just like, my father knew the boxing trainer, Finbar, inside the gym. So he was like, uh, Finbar, would you leave this little misfortune going into the gym and try to train? And <laughs> so Finbar was like, yeah, no problem. No, bring him in. So like, for a couple of years, I was just in like, and then I knew a couple, made a couple of friends in the gym. So I was going because my friends was there, not because I, I was in love with boxing or anything. I didn't, like, I was just going. I was going through the motions and stuff. But uh, even even though, like, not taking it serious as a child and, I remember, actually, I remember one time I was supposed to fight, I think it was at 42 kilograms in the Limerick Championships. And uh, the weight above that was 46. So the day before I was in training and I was like 41.9. So I made the weight and the coach was like, Puffy, go home, have like a light snack, some like apple, water, just chill out till tomorrow. I was like, all right, Puffy. And I uh, heading home then, uh, 
my mother was like, uh, do you want a pizza? I was like, no, no, I have to go wear it tomorrow. She's like, just eat a slice. And I was like, oh, I cold. She got me a little 10-inch pizza and I ate one slice. And then obviously I was fucking 13 years old and starving one on the road. So I was like, fuck that apple. I threw the apple away and made sure I was like, in my head, this 10-inch pizza is probably the equivalent weight to this apple. And I wear in 62.9 or 42.9 the next day and had to move four <laughs> kilos up and fight 46 kilos the next day. And my coach was like, what the fuck did you have to eat? I was like, it was just an apple and some water. And he was like, yeah, it was, yeah. And uh, I I even, I even won the Limerick Championships and Munster Championships that year, even though I was giving away four kilos. And uh, so it just shows like that I wasn't disciplined enough back then you know at 13 years old but um i was kind of i was got in the national finals and stuff like that so i was always even when i didn't mean to be the best i was just like awkward and good enough to get there you know and it wasn't until maybe 14 or 15 years old that i got beaten a championship and like uh, that killed i don't, don't know what what changed but i went away and i was crying after and i was like what what's after happening yeah and then it was either like all right it's not for you give up or take it serious you know so I started kind of started training for myself then like rather than my parents telling me to go to the gym and stuff you know and started doing it for myself and won a couple of national two national titles and won stuff a lot of internationals uh yeah a couple of international tournaments and uh just started picking up for me you know but like it was it wasn't a steady pickup like I remember I was going to the Europeans one year my appendix burst up in the national training so I had to go straight to the hospital uh out of the Europeans one year another year I, I, I weighed in that morning and couldn't eat after the win because I had this infection in my throat ended up getting beaten that Irish final that night because I didn't eat in like 24 hours before and then had to go to the hospital and uh, my heart and lungs stopped for like three and a half minutes because I got this viral infection in my throat so out of boxing for another six months after that like so it wasn't always like just it wasn't always rise like there was more downs than ups in my boxing career one million percent but that, like I think that when when you get to the final and you have when I have a lot of belts around my waist and I have and like not even imagine I have my family's horn paid off I have I'm not not needing anything then like these stories will all make sense and like they'll be sweeter you know. Jesus, that's yeah. You, you you've definitely went through a huge amount of um hardship as well. Like you know, geez, in like that's just bad luck like and that's just getting into yeah, final and... definitely yeah oh man but I suppose looking yeah. back now would you change that would you be the person you are now today no no, no. I was cold it was cold enough back then because I remember my boxing glove was like uh, uh, when I got out of hospital I was in hospital for like three and a half months at the lot of the walking and everything my whole body shut down this viral infection and I was like I'm fighting an Irish final fit as anything it was mental but I remember I looked came out in the boxing club and like uh, Lee Reeves was supposed to was fought Irish final uh, fucking this night after not eating for 24 hours we asked him <laughs> did he want to pull out but he's heroic thing and he's still fought anyway and now he's in hospital and shit like this everybody right under like thought I was dead like Lee like even some people wrote rest in peace the bastards but <laughs> I swear to God back then yeah. but I remember I had lots of messages like people like please don't die us Lee and I was like I don't even know this person's second name like but you know just show us, just show us people love you when you're dead, you know? Jesus. But, uh, no, this, this, these are all good stories. Like, look, I'm chatting about it now and it's funny now. Like, and it wasn't funny when I was back then, like, on all tubes and stuff like that. But it's the stories, you know what I mean? So it's good. Look at me now. I'm smashing people up for a living. Like, like it never happened. Jeez, that's, that's amazing. Did it take long for you to, say, get back into the ring? You know, to learn to walk and everything uh, like that? 
Yeah, so like, so what happened was like, uh, I, I, I went into the hospital, had to get like a priest read me my last rites. Uh, then I got, then I end up getting a bit stable, but was in intensive care for I think it was twenty days, and then got out of that. Then I was like kind of getting fed in the tube for a while because my throat wouldn't open up uh, for it, like for like I don't know four to six weeks or something like that. Then so I was just I was lying flat on the time. And like them, like muscle wasted away and shit like that. Like, so I couldn't hold myself up or anything like that. I was weak as anything. And uh, then what Then what happened then, I can remember that off me lying flat down all the time, my body was adjusted to that. So when I set up, I was stacking all this pressure on my head and I like, I kept passing out and shit like that. It was mental, I swear to God. And uh, did you ever have a lumbar puncture? No, no. Oh, it's when they stick a needle about that size into your spine to take out like bone marrow to your spine. Oh, and, like, yeah, yeah. Test, test your brain. But uh, one day I was in the hospital lying down and uh, there was this big, big man and he was a couple of things down and they, they, pulls the, they pulls the curtains off him and he's screaming, crying like, uh, like, oh, please, Jesus, help me. All this crack. He's like screaming. And my father was next to me and I said, what the fuck? So we asked the nurse, we said, what's happening there? And she's like, oh, don't worry, love, he's getting a, a lumbar puncture. This needle thing in the spine is it's horrible. I was like, oh, hey, Jesus. So I left off and then the, the doctor come around the way later and he was like, how are you, Lee? Uh, we don't know what's going on with the whole thing, but we need to check your head. So we're going to have to give you what's called the lumbar puncture. I said, uh, are you serious, man? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, he goes, it consists of, and he said, shut up, man. I said, I know what it consists of, big needle in my back. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got the needle into my back, bent off a pillow, and you can't take any painkillers for it because it's in your spine. Like, so they, they can't fight it off. Somebody said, uh, drink some caffeine and lie down after you got it. It was broke up. I stuck the thing into my back, took out bone marrow, lie down, uh, went away, and about four hours later, comes back and tells me the sample was wrong and it was no good, so I have to get another one. So I had to get two, two lumbar punctures in one day back then, yeah. So on top of losing an Irish title, I was sick as a dog. Oh, yeah. Jesus. And what age were you then, around 14, 15, you said? 14, 15, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And then I uh, got out of hospital then and I uh, like, was bedridden for like a week. And then one day I was like, fuck this, like just pure ignorance. Like I'm getting up and I'm going to the bathroom myself and I'm going. So I got up and start walking and then boom, fainted, walk up in the hospital again. <laughs> I was in the hospital for another two weeks after that of fucking collapsing. But he's, we he's... Made the, and it was, so it was just this random, like say I might get like a, a tonsillitis or just a viral infection. And I, instead of, instead of uh, just like taking antibiotic and being cool, I gets weird in for an Irish fight and styles myself for 24 hours and then fights for fucking and I was fighting this, so probably did the wrong thing, you know. Jeez, so you, you really came from, we said that was ground zero, like you had to learn how to walk and everything again, and, yeah. you know, you're, you're a professional fighter and all, man. Jeez, that's that's amazing, like, you know, and I suppose, yeah, would, would that feed into what we're probably going to touch on later on, but is that why you're extremely grateful for everything? You know, you seem to be very, like, gratitude seems to be a big thing um, on um, social media. Like, not 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 even for that because like after that like it didn't really it didn't really change me to like obviously grateful to walk and I understand what it's like for to not be able to use your body as you want to use it not to be able to be fit and strong so I think as I said the most like as I used to have my bio like your health is your wealth like more than anything like more than money more than material anything material your your well your health is your wealth and then after that then love and family. And then after that, then you can get the material things. So 
and make it easier to love your family. You know what I mean? It's easier to love people if you're in a Ferrari. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, I think um, gratefulness. It comes from it comes from like just realizing like that what you have can be gone in a split second. Like because obviously you did your research. You know, like that. I lost my mother like five years ago through on um through suicide, unfortunately. So that that came out of nowhere. Like my my mother like was. Not only my best friend, but like she was doing, she used to do every everything for me. Like I didn't know how to make an omelet. Like she she does everything. Like when they come washing clothes, food, everything. So I just like I just I'd go buy her fags, buy her whatever she needed. She'd make the food. She make everything. Like I just like know how to. I was just good at saving and making money when I was younger. Like so like even coming back from boxing training, I come back from boxing training, put down my stuff. She take it, get all the stuff washed. I go to the shower when I come out. Towels on the heater, everything was softer. Like, and then one day, I just got a phone call about two o'clock in the morning saying that uh, I think your mother's gone. And just boom, just like that. And then had to move in. My uncle at the time, who was like fucking just an old drinker of a fella, like, but very, very nice man, loving my uncle Danny. And uh, so just me and him then just got, all of a sudden, then I'm just looking around, I'm in a flat with my uncle, like, <laughs> just gone out of my family home, like, just that. And actually, my three younger sisters, they moved out with my father. And uh, who, like my mother and father was separated at the time, so they moved up my father, thank God. And they're still in the family home now. And I, I built a like a granny flat out the back of that house, so I make sure I'm always close to them. They're looking after and support them, so it's good. But back then, it was just boom, just in that flat, my uncle, and like just out of nowhere, I'm thinking, like, what is going on here? Like, what is life? You know what I mean? Like, and like, didn't care about tomorrow, didn't care about myself, didn't care about what happened after that. And like then after that didn't start drinking and stuff like that. So I was drinking for a couple of months. And like not not like um yeah, well it would be it would have been binge drinking, but I thought I was just drinking and then going out with the lads and it was like I'm drinking and out with the lads having a good time. But there's a big difference to have a good time and to be escaping reality and getting blackout drunk, you know what I mean? So that's what eventually I found out like was doing like I was just blacking out drunk, nineteen years old, like obviously last the main person of my whole life, like, you know, but then, thank God, my mind frame, up, maybe grateful to boxing, like, to be disciplined person, got started doing a bit of training, and then more than anything, started realising like that, I'm sitting around here feeling sorry for myself, and drinking, and, like, not ever, like, crying, up, not even, like, I would never even speak about it, to be honest, you know, so, I wasn't ever sitting around feeling sorry for myself, I was just going off drinking, being a selfish when I know like that, then when I start thinking about it, that I have three younger sisters here that's in the same position as me. And just because I'm old enough to go drinking and stuff like that, that what's that make me like? And what kind of example is that? And then when the day comes that they go drinking and I try to tell them no, they'll say, well, sure, who are you telling? Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So then that kind of put into perspective like that. What I do matters. And like, don't throw stones if you're in a glass house. You know what I mean? So I just went start training, start being positive, start not taking no financial because where, where I come from, there's lots of some of the best sporting fans in the whole world where I'm from. But there's a lot of people that don't want to see you do good no matter where you come from or what you come from. So that drives me as well, you know, like the people, people like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you think you're good, but you'll never be this good. Or, yeah, this person's better and stuff like that. So I, I never let that bother me. Like, I'm, I'll agree. I'll say, yeah. So when I was younger, I'd be like, no, they're not and fight with everybody, but who oh, you're fighting with fools that no not they'll never get into a ring, so it doesn't matter. Like so uh just put my head down, start the training, 
doors started opening up for me, started beating like great people, like international champions of different countries, and started kind of like, like getting respect for my hard work, you know what I mean? So then it was like sporting was my life and all my energy and all the negativity and all the energy from heart could be put into this, you know. So thankfully that was my channel. And then uh then it gives my sister something good to look at and then the things started opening up and then I ended up getting a couple of offers off different uh, promoters to go professional boxing and even when I even when I got there when people was offering it first, I was I said no to like two offers first because I was like, no, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not taking boxing hundred percent serious. So I don't I don't wanna ever like sign a professional thing if if it's not gonna be if I'm not gonna give it my everything. I was working in a factory out in EO out Shannon, making smoke alarms and stuff like that, but still winning all these like still winning all these international tournaments and stuff and then fucking for <laughs> this is another story. This listen, I'm walking off the open, all right? Uh, so about I fought in this tournament called the Harrington Box Cup. It's uh it's over in London, the Alexander Palace. Uh, Palace is the biggest uh tournament in all of Europe. Anthony Joshua won it, Kelly Taylor won it. But two months before that, my uncle uh got a letter in the door, and it, it said like that. Just at the time, inflation was happening, so rent was going up for the euro. But he's like like after a couple of drinks, he'd be paranoid. So he was like, nah. They know you're living here, so you've to go. And I'm like, Are you serious? And he's like, Yeah, he's like, You have to get out. He's like, They're putting up my rent off you. And I'm like, It's not over me, it's over inflation. And just this is the times. And he's like, No, 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 you have to go. And I was like, You serious? He's like, yeah, look, I'm sorry, but you have to go. So I'm like, All right. So at the time, I was driving like a, a, a good car, but it was like a Volkswagen Polo, no Shepard. So I was like, All right, no problem. So I just put all my stuff into the boot of the Volkswagen Polo, like the one off room up my father's home. So I just went sleeping in my Polo. Like for like for weeks, like just sleeping in my parlor. I was I was like pack my parlor somewhere, go sleep in it, drive, get up the next morning, go to the gym about seven, half seven, maybe do a session, get a shower, drive out to work, do it like eight and a half hour shift, finish work, like stop off a sub or something, get it like a sub or salad, go to the boxing gym, train, go to the gym again, get a shower in the gym, and then just pack up somewhere again. And uh, and I was doing that for like seven weeks. And uh, then I went, so then, like, uh, my, my trainer at the time, Dickie, was like, do you want to enter this tournament, this this big tournament, like, where you have to pay for this? And I was like, I was like yeah, yeah. Like, what, we go over and sleep in a bed in England? I was like, yeah, no problem at all. It's like, no, no hassle. So as I was sleeping in Apollo, bent up for eight weeks before that, I got out of Apollo, went off to England and won Europe's biggest boxing tournament. Like, so that's a good story as well for the for the autobiography in a few years, you know what I mean? Oh, oh my God. Jesus. Yeah. Um during those seven weeks, actually, we'll bring it back. Was what you spoke about there from minutes ago? Um, was there an exact moment that you realized, look, fuck this, I can't be doing this all my life. I can't be drinking. I can't be, you know, acting, you know, inappropriate. Was there? Yeah. A, did something just happen that flicked something in your your mindset? Like, not even. I I don't know about. See, I never I never really thought about it too much. I know like that. It gradually started changing because maybe I I started filtering who I was around and 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 started realizing who was there for the party and but who wasn't there like for the next day you know what I mean and started realizing like that like it's great when you want to go for a drink everybody's gonna be there like what I know now because I have my friend Andrew now and he's he's the man he, anytime I want to go run he run anytime I want to go train he train he's a beast. And uh, I'm grateful for him. He's grateful for me, and we're a good team together. 
But before that, like any, if, do you want to go for a point? No problem at all. Do you want to go to the gym and do six rounds? No. So like this is the this is the like environment that I was in. So it was just kind of filtering myself out of that environment. And uh, even though like I'm, I'm a very kind of carefree person, like I'm very like lackadaisy, like just go with the floor, like tell somebody fuck off, do what I want, like just kind of get it done, you know. But it was then trying to get that lackadaisy and the energy and just focus it towards an end goal. And then, like, as I said, it was filter and filter and filter, not drinking on the weekend, going training, like getting a couple of amateur tournaments, like the Harrogate stuff to have a day, have a day in mind and to keep my concentration levels on to know like that. You can't go and do this this weekend because you have to do this next weekend and you fuck it all up for yourself, you know? So it, it was boxing. Boxing saved my life. And, uh, and like not only that like maybe back then I, I used to laugh about it like because sometimes me and my friend we go out to the park and I'd do some pads and stuff like that and sometimes when the weather was good by the time of, at the end of the pad session there's a lot of people with their kids around like saying look there's Lee Reeves and a lot of people take pictures and stuff and they're like and like my friend's like oh look at Lee the superstar and I'm like that's funny as that because these people three years ago would be telling their kids not to be hanging around with who Lee's hanging around with, not to be like up to what Lee's up to. No, no people's asking me, can you talk to my child? Like any chance you can do a session with my kid and stuff like that. So I'm very grateful and very blessed that I had the cop on and sensibility to turn my life around that way. And thank God I had the talent. To, like, like nobody's going to, nobody's going to let someone come over and train in the gym and like come to my house and like, Fucking William McCullough was asking me to come over to Las Vegas because he wanted to train me. Like, like they're not doing that. Nobody's doing it because they feel sorry for me. Nobody's doing it because I look good for a picture. They're doing it because I, when I get into the ring, my talent is there and I can fight like fucking. I can, I can do it. Like even on my last fight, went bad and fucking had a, a, a bad day in the office at the show. I know what my capability is and everybody around me in the gym knows my capability. So I'm very blessed to have that because like, Talent is good, but without hard work, talent, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work. But I thank God I'm the boy. And it's not saying cocky. It's been fucking 11 or 12 years of getting punts in the face and punching people to know what level I'm at, you know? And uh, awareness, I suppose, is definitely a big thing there. You, you, you know, you know what, what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And um, another big thing which you alluded to was a uh, circle of friends that's, Something I'd be very passionate about as well. Yeah, they can they can make you or break you like um 100%. without without you realizing it. Um, just w- one quick one there, just on re- in relation to uh when you were saying you were you were sleeping in the in the car. Um, yeah. Was it what was that period like? Obviously it was it was shit. Like, but do you want to give us an insight? Like, was people like were, was there people offering to look here? You can stay in stay in my coach and all that. There would have been a million percent. Like, I don't think I'd have a. I'd have lack of places to stay. Uh, it was just that I'm a very proud person, so I didn't ever want to say um, like that. Oh, listen, I'm, I'm homeless at the moment. Any chance I could stay with you? Um, and because I was looking like I have the gym for the showers, have I can I had them outside laundry things to fucking to clean the clothes and stuff like that. So like I have what have what I needed. I'm very I'm very proud person. Like so. So even if somebody did say like, man, are you st- where are you stand tonight? And I'm like, oh, I'm just going back down here. I'm standing aboard so and that and that. So like, so I had that. And then I met Steve actually then for about a week. Then I ended up staying on a lad, Steve, and I was with him. Uh, yeah, actually, listen to this. 
on my family's life. When I signed the pro contract, I was still in my parlor. I was still sleeping in my parlor when I signed my pro contract because I came out of my parlor and I went into Steve's house and I printed off the, the contract and we signed it. And I had he had a picture of me on his uh, kitchen table like signing it. And I went out and I stayed <laughs> in my parlor again the night after that. So yeah. And like it wasn't and so and it wasn't that I didn't have money, like I always have money, but I, I was trying to build this granny flat out the back of my father's as well. So I'm like, like if I fucking if I go away for a week or two staying in hotels like a little gangster thinking I'm the man, I'm just blowing a lot of money. So fuck that. I'm just so I just uh I just read it out, you know. So and uh, it all paid off now because back home I have that place, it's perfect. Walk in, sit room, kitchen. Walking wardrobe, big bathroom, big bedroom. So I, I have it now, and it's my own place. And just I, I look after the bills for that, and my father, like bit of electricity in my father's and stuff like that. So like it, it's perfect, and I'm I'm grateful for it. And like these hard days make it all like the sweeter. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely, definitely. And like, I suppose just to to clear up that point as well. So there was people, you know, there willing to help, but you you oh definitely yeah. it, it, like, I, I would I would have never been I would have never been stuck I think I was with a girl at that time I didn't even I don't even think she knows that uh that I was staying in the parlor with she probably I think she did but uh like I'd stay in her house some nights but then like if if it came to an argument then I'd, I'd like I'm a person like that like you like don't ever think like that I need you so like she's like oh yeah where else would you I just leave the house and I just go back to my parlor like I'd rather sleep there than have somebody hold something off me you know what I mean Definitely. I'm just pro person, like, but can be stubborn and stuff sometimes, like. But listen, at the end of the day, we got through it, and we're over the worst of it. And I'm, I'm blessed with the life I have today, and uh, it's, it's not even a, like, even though I'm grateful and it's great, it's nowhere where I'm, I'm never gonna get comfortable here. You know what I mean? I, I'm gonna keep going up, and I'm gonna keep helping the people that help me, and building my team, and helping my family, and helping the people around me because. If if I could know, I'd help everyone. But it's just I don't have the funds and I don't have the facilities and I don't have the time now. Because like um like so many times like not me but people around me said, "Lee, man, you need to start worrying about yourself and like come stop helping this person or stop doing this when you're losing time for training and this and that." And like boxing is a, is a very lonely sport. Like so, at the end of the day, you can be sitting down and 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 fucking and drinking with this person and having a drink keeping this person company but at the end of the day you're left alone then and, and if you lose the fight you they don't lose the fight you lose the fight so so I always worry about number one in this sport and I have to give it 150% every day no distractions so boxing comes first before any woman before any relationship before any meal boxing comes first and I suppose you you, you, you kind of I think you did touch on that. You did experience that, you know, people are there for you when you're winning, but when you lose, they don't belong turning their back. Big time, big time, you know, everybody looking when you're winning. Um, just as supposed to, because we're after kind of going from, we're bouncing um, back and forth there, but just a quick oversight there into your amateur career. You had over 100 fights and 90 101 wins. fights, yeah. You must be literally fighting like was it the case you would be fighting Friday, Saturday and Sunday or was it every once a week or what's the case? Uh like like with um with the Haringey Box Cup and the Celtic Box Cup, thankfully I, I fought them like I think I fought in the Celtic Box Cup three times. I won it twice and was beaten the fight uh, I won it twice and one year I fought in the quarters and smashed the fella but I broke my hand off his head and uh 
So then I just had to pull out of the semi. So I lost that. And then the Haringey, I fought the first year, three wars and three fights, and then they get beaten and split this is in the final. And then the next year I came back and won it out. But with them, you'll get weighed in Friday morning, you'll fight Friday, you get weighed in Saturday morning, fight Saturday, you get weighed in Sunday, fight Sunday. So yeah, three in a trot, like three, three, and like they're no jokes like you're not fighting no bums you're fighting the champion of England the champion of Belgium champion of Portugal you know what I mean so it's class like the best bouncing off the best so in them you would and in the national championships up in Dublin usually on you say you get weighed in Friday and you'll either have a preliminaries or a quarter final then then you'll fight the semis on a Saturday and usually the following week then you'll fight the, the final you know so and then with other like club shows and stuff like that it would be it'd be once every couple of weeks or once every three weeks or whenever they can match up with someone you know would it like would have a lot of, would a lot of that was saying your early days would have been like self-funded you would have kind of funded it yourself definitely yeah I was, I was like back then it, it wasn't a business it was a passion and it was just I loved to train I loved to be fit and I loved to have a scrap so like it was just it was enjoyable you know what I mean so I was just like and back then like it, like, it wasn't even Oh, you have a fight, you need to start training hard. Unless it was the national championships, then I'd be training hard, like jogging before school and stuff like that. But on the other things, like, it'd just be like, I'd be eating a pizza Thursday night and my coach ring me and say, oh, do you want to fight Saturday morning up in Cork? And I'm like, yeah, perfect, no problem. And like, just not care about my diet, not care anything, like just make whatever way I land that, I'll fight anyone at that way. Even when I, even when I fought off and, um, because now I'm professional so I fight when I fight land on my fight I have the weight is 63.5 kilos which I don't find very hard to make once I have a good camp but, and it's good for me because like, I'm 6 foot tall like, so I'm a big 63.5 kilos you know but uh, back back then my weight would have been 64 kilos but I'd fight uh, on the tournaments I fought, uh, fought at 69 kilos so I'd arrive on the, like, the Haringey Boss Cup and, like, and I'd weigh on Friday 67 kilos and then I was supposed to be 69.5 on Saturday. And then on the Saturday, I'd, I'd uh, weigh in at 65.1 kilos. And then I remember, like, I think, what was it? I think when I fought in the final of the Hound won it out, I was like, four, I was like 4.4 kilos under the weight limit. Like, and I still won it out. Like, so, like, it just, and it was just lackadaisical. Like, because if I, so I beat all them people, but if I was fighting 64 kilos, I could have probably stopped that from, you know what I mean? Jesus. So I, I suppose when do you kind of start uh, brushing up in your diet? Was it when you, when you kind of turned professional, or was it just before it? Yeah, when I turned professional, uh, when I turned professional, I just started. I start realizing like that, like this is my job because like the last thing I want to do is fucking go and make a fool of myself and go and let somebody down. Like and if I say, like I'm very if I say I'm gonna do something like I'm gonna be there at the time that I say like I'm I'm on it, you know. So I just like and that that was the biggest thing. That's why I was kind of saying like humming and hawing about signing the pro contract in the first place because I was like am I going to do this full whack and uh, then one day I just said yeah right, let's go and then I just never ever looked back I just started doing a full whack and started putting in two sessions a day and training and watching the diet and even in my first like two professional fights I thought it was good like I thought I was having a good diet like eating a bottle of like special care and fruit and a bit of honey in that morning like before my session and the nutritionist was looking at me like how the fuck are you even functioning on all this like high sugar diet like it was like basically all sugar like you know and uh, I was like I don't know I mean I feel good and he was like looking at me like what the fuck but like if you look at me from my pro debut now to me now six weeks out of out of a fight I'm, I'm like a different human being you know in shape and stuff because I live the life now 
I live the life and I and it's been around it's like I've trained with a couple of different world champions and trained with a couple of so to be world champions and I've seen the discipline and I've seen how many sessions they need and what kind of lifestyle you need to live and I could have looked at that and been like Christmas day training nah not a hope am I going to do that but thank God I looked at it and I said this is where this is exactly what I need to do off my own back without anybody telling me this is what I need to be living like and now I train on Christmas Day like and it's it's not as chore it's enjoyable like it's something that I'm passionate about like I like to be training and people to be wondering like how the fuck is he training at this time or why is he out in the call doing this like it's because I see the final destination that nobody else does or not many people do and I'm willing to do everything it takes to get there so I think like that now my mind frame is 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 up there with the elite and I suppose that's that's from hanging around with um, like-minded people. Like, and it, a big thing that I also thought years ago, like, is you know your your network is your net worth. Do you know? So yeah, it definitely bounces off uh, bounces off on you. Was um was the Olympics ever an objective for you or a dream for you? Like, obviously, for an amateur boxer who who, who classes themselves as any good, I'm, I'm like I'm sure it would, would have been something I would have loved, and uh, like. If I live the life, I don't, I don't know for one second, if I live the life and made the right weight, that does, I would have smashed everybody in Ireland anyway, my weight. If I made the 64 kilos and lived the life and, and dieted right and trained right, there was nobody that would have beat me at that weight because I'm a good size for it. I'm a good slick style and I'm very awkward and I'm strong. But uh, just looking at like how Michael Conlon got robbed after giving his whole life to uh, Katie Taylor got a gammy decision as well in the championships. Uh, I just seen like like going back looking at Floyd Mayweather got robbed in him. Roy Jones Jr. got the biggest robbery ever in the Olympics. Obviously, being an Olympian is something like that you'd never forget. It's amazing. But like once I seen all stuff like that, I lost interest. Like I, I didn't really want to be just like oh yeah number two from Ireland fight. I want to be like everybody knows Lee Reeves, big shiny shots coming out being a showman fighting fucking smart gloves like knocking people out like not just like winning tournaments and getting a medal you know what I mean I want I want big nights and thankfully I'm grateful that like it's all came true so far and like from from if I if I put on paper my accomplishments people will be like that's amazing I'm looking at like no 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 that's only that's only like the first year there's there's plenty plenty more to come you know and can you describe the, the difference between professional and amateur boxing in relation to the gloves and the headgear just for people that might yeah, be aware. With, like, with the amateur boxing, you just arrive onto like a, a GA hall or fucking some venue and you get... like thank, I, I wasn't using the headguard towards the end of my career. For, but for most young fellas coming up, you get a big old headguard, boom, on, on your, covering your forehead and covering your temples. And then you get these 10-ounce gloves that are usually like... They look they look and feel bigger than 10-ounce gloves. Like, so people don't get hurt. Even though people still get knocked down, people still get hurt like... It's just it's hard to do the damage with them with them small with them like puffy gloves, you know. So you got them in the amateurs, and then when you turn pro, you get no headguard, no top, and you have the, you get your hands wrapped to like at like plaster Paris little cement block, and then you get on these gloves that honestly, you look at these gloves and you think like that. There's no way like that my hand will even fit into these little leather things and uh, like if I put them on a five-year-old girl like I wouldn't leave her hit me in the face with these gloves like they're like it's crazy how small these gloves are uh I put them on like and I'm like 
every if this what happens, so I, I put some on and I looked at him and I kind of for a second I'm like still can't believe that like these small gloves is on my hand and then I've they like then I get some rap and I'm like all right I have these gloves on he has these gloves on one of us have to go you know what I mean so I just like and that that's the mind frame you have to have in that sport because these gloves and your wraps they're not designed for protection they're designed for the entertainment of the people outside like so. Like they're like you get killed in a punch, like God forbid, you know. And like these gloves are, they're for knockouts. They're not for getting points. They're not for they're not for tip tapping. They're for hurting and cutting and catching your skin and just doing damage and being exciting for the people outside, you know. Is there a difference between weight classes and different ounce gloves? Uh yeah. So me, I fight at one hundred forty pounds. So anything one hundred forty seven or under. Use eight ounce boxing gloves, so eight ounce, which are very very small. So then one forty seven and over, ten ounce boxing gloves, and then I don't know, I, I can't remember. I think it's maybe one seventy five and over. They go to twelves, like the likes of Anthony Joshua and stuff like that. Which for a man that size, that's the equivalent of an eight ounce to me. You know what I mean? Like so, like they're still tiny and they're still, as you know, you can see these people get knocked out left, right, and center. So yeah, there's only two ounces. Every couple of words they go up like, but I'm at the Aaron's. That's the smallest you can go on professional fighting. So I'm the most exciting. I just you know looking at your interviews and you know researching into you. Did you find it difficult to get uh, sponsors? Uh see when I signed when I when I first signed my professional contract, like I had a lot of people like basically at the at the time in my life who was basically, even though I heard, like, some people say, listen, don't set us back, but this guy said, like, Lee's probably going to be dead in a couple of years because, like, of everything he's going through, he's, like, like mental health, he's out drinking and stuff like that. He's, like, not not even that he won't make it through boxing, like, he's like he's going to be dead. And the same people then would, like, ask me, do I want a point in a pub or, like, ask me, do, hey, do you want to go for a drink or this and that? Like, so that's just the kind of thing I was living in. And I was, like, a lot of businessmen as well, like, that were kind of... That would like say hi to your face and then know behind your back. But if the day came that you know you were gonna get a lot of publicity, they'd be the first to jump on the bandwagon and be like, ah, I was there since day one. So the last thing I wanted was for anybody to say that they've done anything for me or got me where I am. So when I when I signed a pro contract, my pro debut was on the 20th of November or something like that, 2018. And uh it was like the 15th of November, five days before, because I, I was I think no, I think it was the Saturday before and I was going to Canada on the Tuesday and fighting my pro debut on the Saturday. So seven days before my pro debut and nobody besides my father, my man Stephen and probably my sisters knew I was going professional or, or signed professional or I've done any of that. And uh, I think American Boxing News Weekly, this big website of the thing was like uh, Lee Baxter inks with Irish national champion Lee Reeves and it was on this so then one of the lads sent into a group chat and he's like Lee is this you? and I'm like uh, I looked at it and I was like yeah 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 and they're like what the fuck why aren't you like screaming from the rooftop this, you're going professional stuff people didn't even think I was training like you know what I mean and, uh, and I was like oh, I don't want to let nobody know so they didn't put up no things saying I'm going professional I need sponsors this and that because my flights and my accommodation and stuff is paid for so I said I don't want enough nobody. I don't want to put nobody's thing on me. I don't want nothing. I just want to fight. Win after I win the fight, 
then I can look around the people and be like, look, this is me. Nobody's made me fit. Nobody's made me good at fighting. I'm doing this myself. Now, if you want to uh, get some publicity off my shots and stuff like that, no problem. You can throw money now for my second fight, my third fight, but you never you never got me for my first fight, you know? So I've done my first fight completely solo with the help of like, my cross soccer, like boxing coach and fat and stuff like that. Nobody gave money, like, but like for the support, mental aspect of support, you know? which was more than enough. That's all I needed. And uh, Lee Baxter Promotions, Lee Baxter, my promoter, nicest guy you ever meet. Like, so he looked after me. He was always there. Like, anything you need, like breakfast, this, that. Like, so, so I had money in my pocket, so I never needed anything, but I, I was never looking for anything, you know? So I, I, I think I did it the right way, you know, because now nobody can say anything. Like I say, and then a couple of good sponsors came on board then, and then thank God, then I, uh, I ended up... Uh, Keep, kept progressing won the next fight in December and then got a box well in that and then ended up fighting in Madison Square Gardens on St. Patrick's Day my third professional fight so then a couple of sponsors came on board for that of course you know what I mean because, yeah. well, wouldn't but, it, but, but only came on board because they liked Lee Reeves as a person not because they could see the company in uh, Madison Square Gardens you know what I mean Jeez. But, like, this is it boxing like, like, professional boxing is a business before it's a sport and on that point for the the you're on the Conlon uh, undercard. What, like, yeah. that's everyone's dream to fight and, you know, in, yeah, yeah. in Madison Square Garden. Like, what was it like? Can you just kind of put it in towards? Uh, yeah, it, it, it was fun. It was fun. I was looking at it. Like, I, like, to be honest, I was walking around. I was looking at this place and I didn't even fight. I, like, I'm, I'm fighting out tonight, we'll say. And I'm looking around and I'm like, I can't wait to come back and headline all of this. Like, I, like, I wasn't even thinking about, like, uh, this is cool that I'm fighting now. Like, it's like, I can't wait to come back and headline this place. Like. And uh, suppose law of attraction because they, a guy didn't text one of my, uh, a guy text my promoter who's the event manager. I was like, uh, about a week after that, I was like, that kid's a superstar. He's going to headline this show next year. My promoter was like, no, he's not ready, but thanks very much anyway, you know, and sent me the email. So that was cool. But uh, I was, uh, I can remember, I, I, I was like, Pfft. 10 minutes before my ring walk, I get wrapped up and I'm sitting on my couch. I said, I said, Dick, I said, I need to take a piss day. And he was like, what? He's like, gonna take off our gloves. And I was like, yeah. So he starts taking off the tape and uh, guy goes, Reeves, ring walk, let's go. And Dick, he kind of looks at me and he's like, what? What are you going to do? And I was like, just leave it on. So I just like put it back on and start walking. Like, so I'm walking down this, like, obviously like the, the back stage of Madison Square Gardens like walking down all these steel steps and stuff this uh this American guy comes up to me and he's like son before you make this ring walk I just want you to know Muhammad Ali walked down these steps Sonny Liston walked down these steps Joe Lewis walks down these steps you're gonna walk in the foot of all these champions and I was like busting for a piss going oh my god what the fuck and uh so yeah so I'm there yeah, came, came into the ring then and like all flashing lights and big promoter and like big commentator like and I'm looking at the commentator I was like I've seen him on some big fights on TV and stuff like that you know just like like oh this is cool but like super focused like but just kind of looking back that like I could see him on my peripheral it was crossing my mind but I wasn't getting starstruck by it and I ended up fighting the lad Edward Torres and uh, he's, he's uh, Mexican from Texas and he's from Earl Spence's boxing club so he used to, when Earl Spence fought Topaz, he used to be a spam partner for Earl Spence. Like, so obviously a, a tough guy. And uh, bef before that fight, I got told I was fighting this Mexican who's an Orthodox fighter. Uh, 
small, just will come forward. And I was like, cool. So I touched gloves and I was looking at him. I was like, he's a bit tall. Like he's about probably only an inch smaller than me. And he comes out and he's southpaw. And I'm like, what the fuck? Um, but thank God for my amateur background that I'm used to fighting different styles, different people. So I was like, oh, he's southpaw. So I just adjusted and started banging him with shots. Like, but like if a guy didn't have a good background, he'd be like, oh shit, I was training for an orthodox all the time. You know what I mean? So things just change on the night and that's what happens. And I remember in the first like 10 seconds, he jabbed me in the stomach. Boston for a piss. I was like, man, I don't need this today. I, like, I just don't need this shit. So I just started smashing him and I won unanimous decision. So yeah, that was a great, a great night. And then into New York afterwards, like in some pubs, like and just like some people like seeing me, like saying, "Oh, kid, we see you fight tonight. You're gonna be superstar and all this stuff like that." And not like just hitting it all in and just like, like, like in a big. I'm a Limerick young fella. Just after winning in Madison Square Gardens, you know, and like. Just a very amazing feeling and a very uh, grateful feeling. But as I said, I don't, I don't dwell on it. I don't like when I when I'm talking to people like like they're saying, ah, oh, how are you getting on with boxing? I'm like, oh, did you ever do anything good with boxing? I'm like, uh, no, I'm only I'm only six six and five now, so I'm gonna do stuff good. I don't be like, yeah, I fought Madison Square Garden. Or, yeah, I headline my own show on the far fight. I don't dwell on these things. I'm, I'm looking at the future and what's gonna be. Brick by brick, like laying every every brick um properly. Just um, yeah. just out of curiosity, there that third fight. Um, how long after that was was it before? Like since you know, you, so you signed professional in the end of eighteen. Um, end so, of November. So yeah. When was the St Patrick's Day? Oh yeah. So maybe six months. March. Less than six months. Yeah, less than six months later, you were fighting in Madison Square Garden. So. We say we give you know it I mean? six months before that you were living in um living out of your polo. In like. my car, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. And man. polos are like there's a small back, there's a small back in them polos. They're not like like they're not like a van, like they're small. Like, so I never like had my leg room in the back of that car. It was bent up to the thing. I remember one day I was, I was saying good luck to my friends. Uh, like out in the car park, like heading all getting into cars and uh, like on my fucking pillows and black bags and clothes in the back seat. And I was like, I see no oil. And he was like, looking at the car. And I was like, yeah, go ahead and see you later. John, like, just not telling nobody about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose within, si- within six months, uh, yeah, f- from my car to MSG. Yeah. So, when, when you put it in perspective like that, it's interesting. Yeah. And John, most of the times that I was fighting on these international tournaments, I was more, I was more happy like that. I'm going to be staying in a, like, a place with a big bed for a couple of days. That's going to be nice. Rather than like, I'm going to win a tournament. I was like, I'm going to fight like fuck anyway. Like, it doesn't have much to get me to fight. Like, but if you get me a comfortable bed, like, I'm laughing. Yeah, it's the win win situation. Um, in, 100%. For the fourth fight, didn't you fought over in, um, over in Canada? And just something interesting cool. about that. Um, it was in the Scott Scottia Bank Convention Center in Niagara Falls. Oh, that was that was the that was the fifth one. That was the, the fifth, fifth one. one. The, fifth. Yeah, the fourth one I headlined the show, and the fifth one I uh I fought. Is this the one you're talking about? My knee injury, is it? Yeah, the dolphin therapy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on uh that was my fourth fight. So so I went from so instead of going home after because I was I didn't have this fight booked and it was the twentieth of the. 4th, May 20th, so they call it 420 off in Canada, everybody be smoking weed and stuff, it was like sponsored by all these cannabis and CBD companies it was, it was crazy actually that night but uh, so I finished the fight in um, MSG and then my promoter was like uh, looking at 
what 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 came about was these like top rank and guys and stuff on Twitter, like boxing like uh, reporters was putting like this Reeves uh sharp, talented, good looking, big future. And like my promoter was like, fuck, he's like oh, you've after opening a lot of eyes there. But I'm like, sweet. And he's like, listen, he goes, How about this? How about instead of going home back to Ireland? He goes, uh, you come and you headline the show on the twentieth of the fourth because uh the kid that's supposed to headline that he's not boxing great at the moment. So we think you're ready for it. We'll put you up there six round up and get you a tough opponent. And I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. So then uh, two days after I fought there, I, got, I went off to Canada. I started living in a condo in Canada. Uh, started training in Hard Knocks Boxing Gym in, on Queen Street with a guy, Sasha Bellina. Fucking lovely, lovely uh, kid. Uh, great mind for boxing. Uh, yeah, started. Tr- so now I'm living in Canada in a condo. You know what I mean? I'm Toronto, like, so I'm fucking living it up. So I did that and uh, started training for that fight then. And then, um, yeah, so that was the 24th. So every day I'm running 5K. Before that fight, I'm running 5K. I'm on treadmill. I'm running on the streets, like, looking around Toronto, like, loving it. And then I think it's, like, seven or eight days before this biggest fight of my whole life against the guy who had... His name was Arturo Letty. He's Argentinian. I, I was going into my fourth professional fight. He had 21 fights, 19 wins, and 12 KOs. So he had like four times more knockouts Jeez. than I had fights. Like, you know, so all these people always talking like about like my last fight. Like, you know, I fought some good people, like, and I'm gonna fight better people. Like, and I didn't have it very easy, you know. Even though the guy now, like fucking like he was coming to the end of his career, he was about 36, like so he was pushing on, like, but still like. If if I wasn't what if I wasn't what my promoter Tata was, that guy would have beat me, you know. And I stopped him in the first round. But long story short, I'm running, uh, doing my five k. I get about three k in a week before, and I get this shooting pain on my knee, and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, what? And I'm like, bad pain, like shooting pain. I'm like, what's this? So I like start walking for a couple of seconds, uh, trying to shake it off. It's not coming off. So then I'm like, I'm struggling. So I'm like, what I do is I'm gonna sprint down to this, uh. I'm going to sprint to this traffic light, just try to click it out or whatever it is and sprint to the traffic light. By the time I got there, my leg was where I was, so I just limped home, like, honestly, like, nearly crawled into the elevator. Like, my knee was killing me. And uh, I said to the guy, Adam, I was like, uh, I was like, as I was happening, man, uh, my knee's killing me. And he was like, oh, he come meet me out in the car. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I was like, so like, I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to walk out. He's like, stop, come on out. Like, and I'm like, come out, I'm like limping, like, and he's like, what the fuck, he's like, I was like, I don't know what happened, I was like, my knee's just killing me, and, uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't torn ligaments, it was like, badly strained ligaments, like, from running on uneven surfaces, like, but, just like, shooting, shooting, pain, like, and boxing, your knees, is everything, like, your, your feet, and your legs, and it's all, and uh, they were like, uh, they said, we know, we know this uh, woman, uh, she helped Billy Joe with his, his shoulder for a fight, uh, she does this stuff called dolphin therapy, and I'm like, the fuck is dolphin therapy? And he was like, oh, it's this crazy thing. I was like, like I was like in the, in the water, like in a pool or something like that. And he was like, no, 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 like with like with a bed and shit. And I'm like, but what about a dolphin? He was like, no, no, no. It's, I think that's just the name for it. And I was like, oh, right, cool. So uh, that evening, anyway, we get this woman to come out to the condo, and as uh, she comes in, she's like big fuzzy hair, and comes in with a like uh, masseuse chair, and she puts it on, and she's like okay, have you ever done this before? And I'm like, no, no, what is it? And she's like, oh, yeah, no, it's cool. So she takes out these, like, two steel pins and she's like, puts them on my leg. And I'm, I was just sitting there in awkward silence and she's like, do you feel that? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and she's like, 
And she's like, okay, maybe we're in the wrong spot. And she keeps going. She's like, do you feel that? I'm like, no. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> she's like, uh, it's part of the same vibrations through your legs and uh, help them. I was like, all right, yeah. So then I was like, what the fuck? So then she's like, do you feel that? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I feel it now. She's like, oh, yeah, it must be walking. I was like, yeah, it must be. No, fuck out of my fucking condo. <laughs> and then I rings Adam afterwards. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, I was, I was putting all the steel thing. It's my knee going to help it. Like, I thought she was going to like massage it or like click it or do some like photo shit like that. And he was like, nah, bro, it's supposed to happen. I was like, oh, you're cool. And then I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I got this, like, I got one of my wraps and just strapped it around my like quad. And then I realized that stuff did like taking it, like taking a, it was maybe pulling up my knee, but it was taking the blood out of the pain and stuff. So I was like, oh, right, we'll just go with that. So for the rest of the week, then I didn't train before the fight. And I'm like, ah, oh, the fuck. So I got it like a, draw like a suspension, like a, like tights, but like a white, just a, like a short white tight. Put that on my leg. Uh, go out to the, go out to the venue that night. I'm sitting there on like the Canadian Commission, like they're very hands-on, like, no, you can't bring in any drink into your dressing room. You can't bring in your own wraps. Everything's supplied to you by the commission. So you've got to do it the way we do it. So I'm sitting there and, and like the commissioner, he, look, when you walk into the venue, when you fight, a guy meets you and then for the rest of the evening, he's with you. So you can't take a piss without telling him he's the look at you. He's to do everything just in case you're up to any funny shit, which I stand by and which should, that's the way it should be, you know? And uh, he's looking at my leg and he's like, what's that in your leg? And I'm like, oh, it's only a, like a thing to, for pressure. And he's like, uh, you can't use that. I'm like, what do you mean? You can't use it. There's only fucking thing on my leg. And he's like, yeah, you can't. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, oh, yeah. So I'm still, my knee's killing me. And I'm like, doing some pads. And I'm like, ah, oh, my knee's sore. I'm like, fuck. And thinking about it, but I'm like, still got to get this done. Like, you know? So I come out and uh, the place is absolutely full of Irish people. In Toronto, there's Irish flags everywhere. Fucking things sold out like like in Toronto there's so many Irish like so supportive and backing and loving and that's oh, amazing like I love Toronto so much and uh, just the place going mad everyone's drunk Irish people screaming big mad flags so I'm like oh fuck we're gonna have to put on a show here leg or no leg you know so I get into the ring and I'm like trying to loosen up and I feel very stiff off my knee and not good so I'm just like so I'm like fuck this so I just walk into the middle of the ring and like just jump up into the air about five feet up into the air like and land on my leg and I it doesn't it doesn't snap so I'm like oh wait, look if it like if it dies it dies but it's gotta go out tonight like and uh so I just get out in the first round and start fainting on the guy fainting on him he's not used to fans catch him a good jab he put him onto the back foot and then as soon as I see like I caught him with a shot I just stuck on him like glue and I just went in and I just pile drive his head into the rush because I was like so scared I guess my leg went in around I just started smashing him and I I hit him a shot I ended up catching him one shot to the body and a shot to the head and he ended up falling asleep. And then I hit him about three more shots and he ended up waking up again. And the ref then like had to step in because he was getting busted, like and I cut his face off in like in about a minute and a half and ended up stopping him and jumped up the ropes and all Irish people going mad and, and then into the pub next door to that afterwards and just full of Irish people like chanting and jumping up in tables and just like absolutely just having a great time and just all because Lee Reeves put on a show for him, you know. It's amazing. Jeez, that's uh that's amazing. Look, hopefully hopefully that'll definitely come around again. I know the restrictions now it's a bit of a bit of a pain, yeah. but look, this this will pass. And was it after that fight um you got the offer to head over to Sheffield? It was the fight after that I fought in uh, Niagara Falls in the Scotia Bank Arena. Uh so what happened was 
I was fighting there. Another stable man of mine, uh, Sam Vargas, was fighting there. And Sam Vargas, nutritionist, is Greg Marriott, a legend, a great nutritionist from England. He's now MTK as nutritionist. But he's also, at the time, was Kelbrook, Billy Jaws, nutritionist. So my promoter was like, let's get you out for the week of the fight, like to look after Sam and his diet and stuff. And at the time, like uh, Kel was getting ready to start training for a fight again. So he was like, Oh, it's cool if Kelly comes out with us and he's like, Yeah, perfect, cool. So how was I like? I was like, Oh, fucking Kel Brook, like I watch all these fights, world champion. Like, this is classic. So is he gonna be at my fight? Is fight? Yeah, we're gonna be at my fight, yeah. Like, oh right, cool. So we ended up getting uh, this big B and B. So there's me, Greg, Greg's brother Steve, Maz, he's called he's a legend. Uh, and Kel all staying in a and b the four of us together. Like. So the first couple of days, like, we're kind of looking at each other, like, oh, yo, yo, like, oh, it's all right, you know? And, like, kind of, like, kind of, like, standoffish, you know? Like, because he's, like, does this kid, like, is this kid, like, a little fanboy? And then after maybe, like, maybe two days, like, I'm, I'm chatting with the Greg and you're really, I'm cursing, I'm having a laugh and stuff like this. And, like, Kel's, like, coming in, he's, like, what's happening? What are you at? And, like, like, I'm not, I'm not being, like, oh, Kel, what's happening? Like, I'm just being myself, you know? So, me and Kel start chatting and hitting it off and chatting about stories and just going, like, about everything, you know? And then fucking start being friends. And then me and him is, like, walking around Toronto, going into tattoo shops, going in, like, slagging people, getting a crack, getting some tea, just, 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 yeah, it's, like, regular people, you know? And, uh, so and uh, so the second day I was with Kel Brook. I remember we were sitting up down having a tea, and he goes, he goes, you know why? He said, I never see you fight. He said, but I'm so excited to watch you fight just from talking to. You. And I'm like, sweet. And uh, then after that, I was thinking like, this the world champion, the champion of the whole world, welterweight. Like he's here, and he's saying he's excited to watch me fight. Like who am I? Like who am I? And he's excited. So I'm like, oh, right, that's cool. So I ended up fighting anyway that weekend in Niagara Falls. All went there. Uh, for a, a tough game, he, he was never he was never stopped. Uh, real good guy. I was for a super welterweight. Now he's fighting me at light welterweight, so he's coming down. So he's gonna be in good shape because he's the lose fat for the fight, you know. So first round a bit edgy, second round a bit edgy, third fourth round start coming. I and mean, the fourth round, I kind of what it, what it was. I was resolving myself because I was like, oh, six rounds, and like I'm not used to it, six rounds. And then after the third round. Uh, my coach is about to put in the stool like they sit on I'm like get that out of there I'm not tired so then I'm like let's up the gears now and in the fourth round I start smashing them start coming at him hard and then at the end of the fourth round I go back to my corner and I'm looking over him and he's like this he's trying he's like no I'm not going back out and uh, you, there's, there's on, if you google like Lee Reeves fighting um, what's his name Corolli or something like that it's on ESPN and the zone live. So at the end of the fourth round, when it's coming, like when it's the fourth round, I, like you can't see what I'm saying, but I'm in the middle of the ring going, you better get up. I said, I'm on television and I'm not fucking finishing a fight like this. I'm going to finish you with a right hand. I'm going to knock it you out. I said, get up. And he's like, he's like, no, no, no. And he's, he's trying to get some up anyway. And he comes on and I'm just pushing on him, pushing on him, but he's tough. And he's, and he's still trying to like throw a shot. Like they, from nowhere, trying to take me out. And I end up stopping him in the fifth round. And then after that, then like uh, Kel was like, uh, your box, your 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 class of boxing. He's like, he's like, but you're still amateurish. He goes, you're sharp, you have power. He said, but he said, you need to come to Ingalls gym and uh, like we'll open your eyes. Like he kept saying, like we'll open your eyes. Like we'll adjust you to the pro and stuff like that. And I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, man. If you're serious, let me know. And like I just kind of left it at that. Like I'm not like, hey, Kel, can I come over? And then I'd be back home. Then like a couple of weeks later, and I'm back in Limerick and I'm chilling. And uh, I'm with I'm, I'm with my mate, I'm with my cousin Mike inside having food and Texas steakhouse. And uh, 
video call off Kellen. He's like, I was like, what's happening? He's like, what's happening, baby? All this crack. And I'm like, what's the story? And he's like, when are you coming off? I said, listen, let me know. I said, I'll book flights whenever. I said, what story are we coming there? And he goes, stay at my house. It's cold. Come on, stay with me. And I'm like, I'm like, you see how he's like, what? Will I book flights? And he's like, yeah, book flights. So I was like, all right, cool, let's go. So I ended up booking flights then two weeks from then. Uh, go over. Uh, great uh, nutritionist, the legend, uh, collected me at the airport. Ended up coming down to chill out with him, having dinner in his for the first night. After that, didn't fucking meet Kel. Kel's like, come on, back to his house. Fucking big mansion of a house, snooker table, cinema. Hold your bang, you know, fucking living the life. Uh, Four story, unreal house. And then from then then, stacking up at 6 a.m. in the gym every morning for 6.45 a.m. And then, like, uh, after two weeks of solid training with that, like, like he was like, he's like, Kelly kept saying, like, because like, I'd have a couple of body spars and move around with some people, like, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, he's good. And Kelly was, Kelly kept like, this is my prodigy. This is my prodigy saying about me, you know? And uh, then Dom, the trainer, like, he very standoffish, like, very standoffish stuck in his own ways he was like he was like no he's like it's cool yeah that you're here like and that you're Kel's all about you and he goes but like you should you should be living in this mansion thinking like you've made it because uh, you need to you need to like uh, you need to feel the hunger and stuff like that and I'm like 100% I said anything you want me to do I said I'm willing to do like I'm willing to die for this spot and he's like alright so me I end up moving into a flat like <clears throat> 20 minute drive from the gym just outside outskirts of Sheffield with uh, Liam Williams uh, Welsh fighter an absolute animal and a lovely lovely guy and a friend for life uh, moved their flat with him and then like days that he would be at the gym and stuff like that I'll be given £12 in the morning to get in in a taxi £12 leaving to get in a taxi £12 in the evening 24 24 so £48 a day fucking giving £400 a month to live in this like like flat with not a, like mattress on the floor no television just fucking doing this like and uh, like going to the gym freezing my balls off jogging just don't don't extra like some days like that would be like no you take the evening off you need to rest and I'm like but well, no I feel like oh, oh, I don't want to rest I want to I want to perform and do stuff and say no rest and I'm like alright so I go back and I put on the sauna so house I'll be shadow boxing in my house I'll be I'll be fucking training my ass off like I was doing everything that I could and more like just, just to prove Prove myself, and at the end of the day, I didn't need to prove myself. I just needed to not forget who Lee was, you know. So I'm just doing what, like, adjusting to the style that they wanted me to adjust on, like this style. All right. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just doing, not doing anything that I wanted to do. Just adjusting to the style, and forgot myself in the whole process of the thing, which is a negative now, but from the stuff I learned and the athletes I was around and the training that I've seen and. What I what, what I what I realize now what it takes of 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 blessed in that way even though I got a last summer record at the end of it all from just like from neglect a bit of neglect uh, I'm blessed for everything that I've learned now because now I'm out in this gym and I'm coach John here like he'll tell you like he's like on the most post he's saying this kid trains hard he's like this is the next big thing because he knows he never ever have to say come on we'll get to the gym he'll never have to ask me twice to train he'll never have to like if if he says rest in the evening like I'll be coming back from a jog and he'll be like fuck sick what are you doing I'm like because nobody else is doing it I'm doing it like you know so that's my mind for him like I'm going to do more and like once I get my recovery and my sleep, then I can train three times a day. I can do it. I will do anything that I can do to be successful. Like I'm willing to do it. So uh, 
yeah, ended up fucking uh, coming down to that fight uh, before my sixth fight. And I was in the room like uh, three days previous to, for the fight. And I was waiting for my coach to come down. I had his hotel paid for uh, to, for the for the four, from Wednesday till Sunday. So I was like, have your hotel paid for, come down whenever you want. And so I was waiting for him to come down to explain to me like about what I should be eating and like what, like and bring the scale so I can check my weight and stuff like that. So I can know and have comfort in what I'm doing. But, but he never takes me back on WhatsApp. So I was in the hotel, like, basically starving for, like, three days before the fight, like, not knowing what my weight was or anything like that. And then when I actually checked my weight, like, had a check weight that morning before the thing, I was, like, two and a half pounds under the limit. So I was, like, shit, so I had to go in and eat, like, a ball of granola. Bollocks, like, like real tired. Then went, got weighed in, I think 141 pounds. The guy weighed in 146 or something like that. So... They said, to me, my trainer wasn't there with me no either, at the coach at the big weigh like So the guy says to me, he's like, oh, that kid's about five or six pounds heavier now. Where's your coach? And we tell him, uh, skip it off. And I goes, he's not here. And he's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I'll fight him. I said, fuck him, tell him it's grand. I'll fight him. Fuck the way. So he was like, we sure? And I'm like, yeah, cool. So I was like, cool. So I didn't text him. I was like, well, what's happening? I think we're in a bit heavier, but it's good. We'll be grand tomorrow, you know, and this and that. No message seen, but no message back. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, like, so the next day, uh, get to the venue uh, two hours before I fight. Still no message after court. Like, my co- I'm with my cousin Mike. He's like, what's the story? Who, like, who's going to, who's training? I was like, I don't know. Uh, so I asked the guys there, is the court there? And they're like, no, nah, he didn't come yet. So I go into the back room. Uh, no Wi-Fi, no music, no nothing. I'm just sitting down quiet. These guys over here, the other side of the thing is getting ready for their fight. I At one point, I'm like checking the time and it's like, I think, I'm, we'll say I'm fighting at 20 past eight and it's 20 past seven. I'm like, fucking hell. So I'm like, so I put on my shorts and put on my boxing boots and I'm like, I, I, I've no one to wrap my hands. So I said to the guy who was a coach for another boxer, I'm saying, sorry, bud. I said, can you wrap my hands? <laughs> and he goes, uh, yeah, mate. He said, where for, where for my uh, day? get this fight out of the way and then I'd come back and wrap your hands and I was like, oh, he's perfect, sweet. So, cool. And then, uh, so I'm chilling. I'm like, not even nervous. I'm like drained and just like empty. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, where's Team Reeves? Where's, like, why did I give my life and money and time and everything into this gym for the last six months of my life? Like, living away from home, I'm sacrificing everything and not even, uh, Listen, this is what you need to do before we end there. Like, because I'm, I'm only four or five professional fights and I'm still a novice to the sport. So I still need to be guided. You know what I mean? I'm not a finished product. And uh, so uh, I think it's 45 minutes before my fight, the coach comes in. He's like, hey, how's things? All right, yeah? Come on, let's get your wraps on quick. And I'm like, all right. So I fucking wraps, wrap my hand, say nothing, just like in silence. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm getting my hands wrapped and I'm like, what the fuck? So he's like, all right, let's do pads. So the guy was fighting as a soap boss. So he's like, he's like, all right, look, he's orthodox. So when he jabs, you're going to slap his hand. I'm like, he's no, he's soap. He's like, oh yeah, look, well, look, if he tries to jab this way. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, they didn't even research it. Nothing's happening. He's like, he's like, you fight six rounds, yeah? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, six rounds. And he's like, all right, we go, we'll pushing him out the first three rounds and then we'll get the stoppage in the first six rounds. And I'm like, all right, cool. Which we've never worked on this in training or anything like that. I'm a boxer. I'm a tall, rangy fighter. I'll stand long. I'll make a guy walk onto me, make him pay, and then break him down gradually. But he wanted me to push on him. So 
fucking go up the first round. I ended up winning the first round, but I like looking back at the video, I won the first round. I come back and the trainer said, What are you doing? You're making a life and death situation. You're fucking fucking up here. Go up and fucking push on him. And I'm like, thinking I lost the round. So I'm like, shit. So I'm like, just pushing on him, like just want to impress this coach and uh fucking just trying to impress him by forgetting my own boxing and I uh, ended up having a shit second round, shit third round, come back. He's like, there's only one round left now, so draw or lose. And I'm like thinking in my head, like, oh, I should have three rounds left. What the f- what's going on here? So I go out in the fourth round, try and knock him out, catch him with good shots, beat him very, very well in the fourth round, looking back. But uh, over, over a knockdown that wasn't knocked down, I got hit and I tried to get off to the side and fell over the guy's leg. Uh, got a 10 out round so I ended up losing the fight by a point but it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me looking back because if I won the fight it would have been enough for me to say yeah look maybe I'll just give this fight a, give this coach a chance and stay on and see what happens and then I could have won three more fights and then at the big show got let down like that and then fucking let down for a big time so after looking at it, it's a blessing now look at me now I'm over here in Lanzarote I'm training my ass off I'm in the best shape of my life I'm around good people who believe in me, who see, not even, they're not blind, they see the potential and there's, there's no, we're not cutting any corners, we're not spoofing anybody, we are the real deal, like, and it's going to, it's going to come, like, and hard work and the cream always rises to the top, so, everything happens for a reason, stay positive, stay grateful, stay working hard, don't make excuses, get up out of bed every morning and fucking, just get on with your day and don't feel sorry for yourself and things will come right. Definitely one hundred percent. That's it. That's definitely one thing I, uh, you know, I, I live by as well. The cream rises to the top, especially when yeah. things are going bad. It's hard to keep positive. But just in relation to um, that gym we're on about there, um, do you still get along with the guys that over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, like, like, still, like, fucking memories will pop up. Like, we'll send them to each other, like on Snapchat from last year and stuff like that. And so, like. My brother, hope you're good and this and that and stuff. But like, like I don't let like yeah, it's good to be able to like like me and Billy Joe chat at least once a week. Me and Kel, I was chatting on Snapchat and stuff. Me and Kid Galad chat bits and stuff. So like, I, they're always in contact. But I don't like I'm like I'm I'm just kind of I want to put all these guys to the back seat who believed in me before who might have doubts now. So I don't want to put all these guys into the back seat. Not. Be like, oh, what do you think about this fight? What do you think about this? Like I did with my poor debut. I don't want, I want to leave everybody do their own thing and let me and my work speak. And then after that, then these people come back and these people can see, see, yeah, it was a mistake and this and that. So I just want to not get back to my old ways and back to my winning ways and back to, um, like I promise you, like, like hopefully we get the right opponent and the right fights and like, I've not showed 25% of my ability of what I'm capable of. And I, I really don't feel now that I'm boxing better than ever at the moment. I'm stronger than ever. I'm sharper than ever. So, like, I'm ve- there's very, very exciting things that come in my future of boxing. Like, and nobody knows it, but the people that see me in the gym every day, like, so it's exciting for the world, you know? Um, one of the interviews there, I, I watched you, um, you said, I've lost fans, sponsors, I've lost a lot of stuff as a result of losing the, you know, the last fight. Did you actually lose sponsors over it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, like, like they didn't, they didn't, they didn't say, like, uh, they didn't go, oh, you lost, you can't. It was just, like, I'd finish it, and then, like, 
they, like say on this on a certain time of the month I was supposed to text the guy and be like oh can you send on that 200, 300 quid whatever like towards the towards the fees or towards the supplements or whatever like that and then just like get a message back like well man uh, fucking business is a bit slow this month so do you mind if we just put it off for a bit and we just see what's the story I'm like oh yeah no problem cold cold and then Corona then so like so then anybody who was like full time anything like that was like, ah, oh, listen, business after going slow over Corona. So you understand, like, we'll, look, we'll, we'll try to get back at it whenever. And I'm like, yeah, look, 100%. So I'm like, understanding, like, because like, I'm very hard on myself. So I'm like, yeah, fucking, I'm a loser. Why wouldn't I lose sponsors and stuff like this? So now I just have to make it myself. Like, so we know how I can, we know what I've done already. Like, so I'm probably in a better position than when I started, 1 billion percent. I'm in a way better position than I started. So, I, I don't I don't lose stress of it. I don't try to, I don't go out of my way to try to get sponsors. If people want to come on board, they can come on board. I'll always be grateful and I'm always grateful for the sponsors that I do have now uh, from the smallest, even from the guys who just like support, even from the fans, people who support. That's good enough for me. Just don't lose sight and don't uh, jump off the bandwagon because you can't come back on, you know what I mean? What is the next year looking like for you? I know you're saying ideally you'll have a fight in the February. Um, yeah. Looking at your record on 19, you're, you're fighting these every two, three months. So would that yeah, be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be the goal, 1 million percent. And like my promoter Lee, he, like if if things is open and able to happen, he will make them happen. You know, I've complete faith in him like, because I'm, I'm still with him now. I'm showing absolute loyalty. Like, like fucking... You can like in a time like this when a fighter's not getting fights, it's easy for his head to turn when these guys like come with us, not come with us, and you're thinking like, yeah, I'll get a fight here on this. I'm I'm with Lee true and true one hundred percent. And he said to me, he's like, he goes, he goes, listen, he goes, we need to get you back on the wagon. He said, oh, I'd like to fight you for you to fight at least at least six times in the thousand twenty one. And I was like, one hundred percent, I agree, and I'm ready to fight six times. I like because I already made peace. Like oh, I went, I was supposed to go to Greece and uh in December just for a couple of days of just looking around like where Zeus lives and just getting a bit of energy off that place you know and just and it was because I realised that like people were like why you want to agree so I'm like because I'm not going to have a summer holiday in 2021 I'm not going to be going on trips in 2021 I'm going to be fighting every month I'm giving up everything in 2021 to keep busy keep active keep the fans entertained keep my winning streak build the winning streak keep it and I do what I got to do obviously well, like Corona, so I fucking that's out of like that's out of my control. But what's out of your control? I'm not gonna let stress me. So I'm training. I'm staying ready for whatever isn't what isn't control. My health, my fitness, my mind frame, the team around me, my my spam, my boxing ready. That's out of my control. That's the only thing that I stress or worry about. Everything else is out of my control. I'm not gonna like this. Is what I'm saying about people, like this is like gone off topic. Like people who like I'm saying about. Ah, oh, like this person cheated on me. This person let me down. This person did this. Fuck them. You don't like like if you put your happiness in the in the control of somebody else, they can let you down. They can start. They can make you unhappy. They can cheat you. They can break your trust. You worry about yourself. You depend on yourself all the time, hours, and you are the only person that can let you down. You know what I mean? Happiness is an inside job. So. Unless you're happy for yourself, don't like if you're not happy in yourself, don't look at other someone else like that. I'm only happy when I'm with her. She made me happy. This will make me happy because you'll just be chasing it on and it won't come. You need to be happy within yourself and love yourself first. And 
worry about what you can do. Where would your, your dream fight be? Uh, Down the line, I suppose. Oh, no, no. Gardens, no but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the dream fight would either be... Oh, sorry. I was going to go MGM on it, but uh, no, one million percent. My dream fight, and it will happen once I get things going and once things open up and once things get as big as I realise they can get in Tormund Park in Limerick, the, the Monster Grounds. That's it, right in my city. It's fucking 10 minute walk from my house. Like, I'd sell half of that out. No, not because, not because of how good I am at boxing because of who I am in Limerick and because people know me like and I'm, I'm not I'm not this dickhead like that oh yeah I think I'm somebody like people text me Lee I'd, I'd appreciate someday if you could ever get a picture of my kids I'm like listen man Chestnut Court Kendi Pab knock on my front door you know what I mean they're like what no, I'm like come up to my front door like people like I'm not like I'm not like fucking like uh, like a celebrity or a star some people like look at me like oh, you're a fucking superstar this and that and I'm like thank you very much but I'm not I say I'm a regular person do you want a picture let's get a picture I'll follow you back on Instagram this and that you know people can knock on my front door and that, and that means a lot when it comes to like people buying tickets and people being fans and people doing this because like oh, that's leave from up the road why wouldn't we support them you know what I mean and then there's probably maybe maybe a thousand people in them like that once say uh, let's buy a ticket watch that fool get the head punched off him but listen they're still buying tickets and that's all that matters. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And look, it, you touched on something there, like people buy, you know, they mightn't buy because of sport, but they buy because of who you are, like, and yeah. you know, how you carry yourself. Um, I suppose it seems to your you're a brand, I suppose, like athletes are brands. Um, definitely. Uh, we just Thank finished you. up there now because I'm after taking some, some amount of time from you. But we got two questions. Um, Can't play. <laughs> we got two questions in. How many sit-ups uh, does Ree, does Lee do in a week? Sit-ups. I like to be honest. Like I, I have a six-pack thank God, but I, like abs are made in the kit. Abs are made in the kitchen, and I think boxing is very core oriented, like to have power and stuff like that. So I'd probably do maybe after after maybe at most two sessions a week or one session after I'll probably do like four or five minutes of sit-ups, like four or five minutes abs and just a bit of abs. I don't I do not do lots of sit-ups. So I don't like focus on my abs and stuff like that. My abs come from hard work, training and good diet. They don't come from doing sit-ups all day, you know? Like like boxing, you have to have a strong core. That's where power comes from. That's where your balance comes from. So because I'm always probably tensed up and in a core, I probably have abs from that because... I'm a fucking machine. I break my hand through bags, and the fat comes off me when that happens. So I like so I, they just come. So not that many sit-ups, to be honest. Maybe fifty a week, forty a week. Uh, I suppose the big thing is there. You said it's it's um it's your overall training, and it's the kitchen. What you eat? As well. Kitchen, absolutely in the kitchen. Uh, last question there. Uh, you probably know who this came in from. Um, does Lee? Ever remember in school when he when his mate Anthony used to take his lunch money? <laughs> I used to be uh, I used to be bullied. Uh, all right, young when I was in school, but I actually know that Anthony fellow who's uh, Texan, and uh, he never ever would <laughs> he never ever bully me anyway because uh, he he bullies himself more than anything. Like because to be honest, well I suppose fair play to him. Like if I had to look at him, myself as him in the mirror, I'd be bullying people totally because I'd have to take my anger out somewhere, you know, but uh, yeah, fair play to Anthony. Nice one. 
Perfect. Look, on uh, on that note, we'll we'll wrap it up there, Lee. Look, thanks very much for for taking time out, and you know, I know you're you're in the training camp now at the moment, but taking time out and coming on an inside view podcast. No, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Good old chat and fucking got a lot off my chest anyway, so it's good. I'll have a good sleep tonight, you know. I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Lee, an absolute uh, gent, top guy, very, very interesting guy, um, has been through a huge amount to date, and uh, you know, still very early on his career as well, so definitely a big future there for him. Uh, look, that's all from us on this week's podcast, uh, please do get in contact with the show if you want to contribute in any way possible, we'd really appreciate it, if you have any stories whatsoever, do email them in to uh, info on the ball, teambuilding.com or if you want just contact us on social media channels we'll, we'll definitely get back to you um you'll find us on instagram it's at underscore on the ball team building over on facebook it's on the ball team building over on twitter you'll find us at we are on the ball two that is the digit two have a lovely week and be sure to tune in again next week when we have another exciting guest till then stay safe and remember cred and finn talk to you all soon and thank you all for listening